Everybody, this is Luke. I'm Kurt. And welcome back to The Breakdown. So glad that you are here. We have my lovely bride here today. Yes, Hello. we do. Jen, it's so great to have you back. I was saying to you this morning, we didn't have uh, Luke and I together when you were on. It was just you and me. So I'm glad you're here. And I'm very excited to be here with both of you. <laughs> we're going to have a blast. Sorry, I just kicked your bike there. But we're going to have a blast today. Um, Pastor Zach was bringing us on Sunday to this word on not just marriage and family, but right back to headship. And like you were saying, it's such a, a real poignant time because Kings is starting. And I think, wow, we could dive right into parenting. We could talk about all those things. But a lot of those practical playouts all start with one thing, don't they? And that's what Pastor Zach was bringing to us on Sunday, that headship is the big issue. And and I think in the past when we've heard this message, it may be... Um, a little bit awkward for people to sit there. Yeah, and I, you know, I've heard from some other others who had grown up in more conservative environments, and they found uh, just those words headship a little bit triggering mm. uh, because there are circles where that has been abused, mm -hmm. where um, the role of men and women has more played out, where it's like the man controlling the woman, right. You know, and it and it, it so this is why it really has to be teased out. And when we're coming to this discussion, we have to ask the Lord, Lord, really show me what is your divine order here? How did you design design this? And please bring my heart into alignment with mm -hmm. that. Absolutely. What what were you thinking sitting there on Sunday, Jennifer? Well, I know that Pastor Zach has been talking a lot about order mm. lately. And it kind of is like growing up in the church and especially just being at this church and hearing it said over and over, order, order, order. Um, you can kind of like tune out and be like, yeah, yeah, I know. Like the man's ahead of the household. Like, OK, I get it. Like, you know, that's my aim every day. Like, <laughs> submit. <laughs> um, but I think there was actually something really special um, this Sunday. It kind of for me as as a wife. Um, there was just something on it that kind of was easier to digest and very um, much easier to be corrected mm -hmm. because um, just that order emphasis, you know, you, you talk about letting the man lead, letting the husband lead and submitting as a wife. And when Pastor Zach talked about, I actually brought this up to you at the house, when he talked about Ashley um, using the phrase like, even if she has to like bite her lip till it bleeds yeah. and just to sit back and allow her husband to lead like that kind of really struck me deep because as a woman, especially if you come like culturally from a background of like strong women, um, you could be like, oh, well, I have good ideas, too. And I, you know, well, I see where he might have made a mistake or maybe he was wrong with that decision. And you can easily justify leading mm -hmm. and just being like, oh, I'm just like micromanaging a little. <laughs> like, I'm just a little control freak. But I don't know, just the way that he brought it, it was very convicting. Like, oh, that's the disorder that he's talking about. Like, I need to give space to let my husband lead and allow him even to make mistakes and yeah. learn. It's yeah. not like I'm perfect. <laughs> it's so true. And, and I want to say too, like Pastor Zach bringing us to 1 Corinthians 11, and it starts with the fact that the head of every man is Christ. 
The head of every woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. And I, I may have gotten that out of order. We have to go back and look, 1 Corinthians 11. But I, I love it because, first of all, you know, Pastor Zach was talking about that sandwich, the first compliment sandwich. But what I love, and Luke's pulling it up right now, so correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's great. What I really appreciate in that is um, the fact that the woman submitting to the husband, this has been the bigger problem in our church culture, not this church, but church at large. The bigger problem has been that we've heard a lot of like macho men teaching like, hey, you're the wife, you have to submit. And we never really talk to the man about the role that he has been given to love his wife as Christ is of the church. And also the, hus the husband is submitted unto God. Right. That man is submitted to Christ. Yes. And, and the, him leading his household. Like this was a revelation for me sitting next to you on Sunday that we've often heard about the man is the head, the man is the head. Well, God is the head. Christ is submitted to him. The man is submitted to Christ and the woman is submitted to man. And it's this beautiful divine order that works, that gets it done. Yeah. I, I thought it was really cool uh, when Pastor Zach said, uh, you know, for men, at best, you are a middleman. Yeah. Yeah. I think that can really help. It can be really helpful if um, as men and as husbands, we think of ourselves as middlemen. Mm -hmm. Because then you're immediately thinking of, okay, what's above me and what's below me? Mm -hmm. That's good. You can think of both at once. Yeah, which is really important. That's where we find ourselves. And, and that's that ironic, or I would say the God-given place of servant leadership. You're, you're literally modeling what it means to be a leader by being the greatest servant of all. Um, so as we got into this message, I, I understand, you know, we're married um, and, and we've been together for 19 years. So this has been something that we've been growing in for a long time. But as a single person or maybe somebody single sitting in the house, you know, again, it, it, you can almost have the sense of like, oh, I, how does that apply to me? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Especially... Um, when you hear, um, you know, Pastor Zach shared that that beautiful thing that Ashley shared with him um, before the service started, yeah. where you know, where she's she's thinking about the message and she says, you know, this this message really challenges me and and shows me that I'm created for you, My, like I have a purpose in you. So then it's like, okay, so we're talking about purpose in a role, a wife with her husband. Now, as a single person, does that mean we are without purpose? Mm. And I would say if, if that's a question that you're having, the answer is no. Yeah. We do have purpose. Yeah. And Paul does a lot of teaching on that actually in 1 Corinthians 7. So you can go back four chapters and read about that. And he talks about how when we are single, like we can live wholeheartedly for the Lord. That's it. And our purpose is in the Lord. That's it. So because the head of everything is, is the Lord. That's right. So... Um, and as single, we can as singles, we can live and just please him and do everything for him. Then we get married, and then there's these human relationships that come with their own special purposes. It's like new purpose unlocked. Yep. You know, so it, it's it's a mystery, and I think that's something that as we walk, we we grow in that understanding. And I think it's really beautiful how the Lord met Ashley in that way, where she's she found like a new sense, a new awareness of her purpose as Pastor Zach's wife. And who knows like the blessings that the Lord is going to bring through her having her vision refocused on that mm. in their marriage. Yeah. Well, it's it's not just that 
that sense of purpose coming through the husband, but it's it's that order of flow where the husband is actually releasing, God is releasing through the husband. This is the part, I was thinking about what God was revealing to Ashley and thinking about some of the dialogues that Jennifer and I have had and, and watching you over these years, Jen, you've been struggling with purpose and identity. What what am I doing? Like, you know, I, I became Kurt's wife and then that was just, I'm Kurt's wife. I don't exist. I mean, you you could speak a lot to that. Yeah, I I definitely think that it's so funny because I would off, like you would always speak life into me and like encourage me in the Lord and and even just like speak prophetically into my life and I just wouldn't receive it because I would just say, "Oh, you're just my husband." Mm-hmm. Like you just have to say positive things or you just love me, so you see the best in me. But what Pastor Zach brought, he just brought it to a whole new level on Sunday where no, literally as my spouse, as my husband, you are like calling that out of me and like, I don't know, just used of the Lord in that way to release me. Absolutely. And and it's not a, it's not a bad thing. And again, as we come back to it, I want to come back to this place of what we find in the singleness, but I want to harp on this, this marriage for a moment and kind of tackle that. And we were sharing with you off the mic, Luke, that about a year ago, I started dreaming about Jennifer being pregnant again. So it's like, are we having a fifth child? I just, I was like, God, you know, are we doing that? I think I'm all set. Uh, I love my kids, but I think we're done. And the Lord began, I just kept seeing Jennifer pregnant, kept seeing her pregnant. And then it all climaxed at this last dream, probably about six months ago. And, you know, Jennifer and I have been having these dialogues. I've been seeing the Lord really do some great work in her life. She's really growing in all these areas. And the Lord brought me to this last dream where in this dream, I had just put our older children to bed and I'm walking over to Jennifer and she's in the bed and she gets up for a moment. She's clearly pregnant. And I say to her, it's time. And she stands up, looks me in the eyes and she said, it's time. And I said, yes, it's time. And what the Lord began to reveal to me is this is that order really expounded that God has a divine purpose that he is instilled inside of Jennifer. He brought me into her life to wash the water of the word over her and release, help her release and fulfill her her fullest potential. And and me calling her into that. I think about how God has used her. People come to me all the time. They're like, oh, when your wife sings or, or the way that she prophesies in her prayer at prayer time or whatever. And I will always tell them, I actually am honored. I believe I'm sending Jennifer to the prayer service and God is using her. I, I love it. You know what I'm saying? It's it, like you said, Luke, it is a mystery. It really is a mystery, but it's working. I don't know if you had anything to share on that, Jen, or if you felt like it's just no, okay. If you're shaking your head. Nobody can see you now. No. <laughs> well, Jen, I have a question. So, like, how does it feel functioning in that in that role in this relationship where Kurt is sending you and you're operating um under his his headship? Um, and the world, because the world would be like, oh, is she less than because she's operating under her husband? Her husband has to send her. What does that functionally feel wow, like? Wow, good question. I think that's awesome because that that is how I felt in the past where like he alluded to me being like, oh, you know, whatever. Like I'm just like Kurt's wife, pastor's wife. <laughs> like, um, But now that I've submitted to the covering, submitted to like that authority over me, I've only felt more empowered and confident. And like, I'm literally in that safety of being under the umbrella, the umbrella of protection. And like, I'm literally free 
in that space. So if anything, like I feel like I can accomplish anything and like I just feel like I feel and see that God is like moving in me and through me and it's like scary, but I see that that only came from like resting in his authority, my husband's authority under God and really submitting to that covering. And I have to say, Luke, the reason I think it's working now, and it's not perfect, I think the reason it's working now is because we have to go one step back. One step back is somebody's got to be in order first. Me. Ding, ding, ding. Kurt's got to be submitted to Christ. And the problem was he wasn't. Even though I was pursuing the Lord in ministry in all these areas, there wasn't really this total submission to the Lord. And that's this place of surrender we have found ourselves in over these past three years. And I think that's why the Lord is aligning things. So as I stay submitted, we always talk about you're the head of the house, you're the priest of the house. And as we stay submitted in that posture, we know that Christ is head. And so we will come to him, Lord, I don't know how to love my wife today. I don't know how to lead my children. I need you to show me. Now, what did that feel and look like for you? Were you, because you guys were married and then you're operating and you're feeling like something is just not in order here. So what did that feel like? And then how did you follow through on working that out with the Lord? Yeah, I think that's really amazing. It's really, I think, the natural process of what happens to anybody who comes to HPC. In this apostolic culture, there is such a prophetic move that things just happen. They come up. God deals with things almost on site. And so coming to the church and being here, watching some things that really were soulish inside of me, they were really having a hard time staying settled. And they became very unsettled and very demonstrative. And so as those things came out, the Lord was able to deal with them. And I found myself in a broken state. I found myself where pride is lifted, arrogance, shame, guilt, it's all lifted. And now what? Now I'm left with me. Now there's no, you know, accolades I'm pursuing. It's just me and Jesus. It's this place of brokenness. In the world, they would say rock bottom, right? So this place of brokenness. And now the Lord can say, now, now I can mold you. But we have been, we could have been born on pews. We've been, we've been Christians our whole lives. And it, it was that breaking. And that's what Jesus said. If this rock falls on you, you're going to be crushed and pulverized. But if you fall on the rock, you're going to be broken. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, it's making me think of your dream that you have about Jen, yeah. where it was like, you came here and then you're praying, Lord, let your kingdom come in me. Yeah. And then the Lord is showing you all these areas in your life that's like, well, if my kingdom's going to come, this got to go, yep, this has yep, to go, yep. this has to go. Then it gets to the point where uh, he starts to birth something in you, conceive something in you, and then in his time, it comes to fruition. Mm. And so because you're aligned with him and he's birthing what he wants to do through you, you are now in a proper place to then lead and love Jen yes, and then help release the things yeah. that are being conceived in her by the Lord and and under your under your covering. Yeah. It's really cool how that works. It really is. And and I want to say too, if I was staying obstinate, if I was refusing to deal with those things, it doesn't mean that God wouldn't fulfill no. his purpose through Jen. It just meant that I was stifling the process. Right. And that's where that friction comes in. I believe in part that's why we see a lot of Christian Christian divorce, because we're not really willing to deal with those things and have that mutual submission. The man is submitted to God and woman is submitted to man. There's nothing wrong with that. 
you know? So that's really the, did you have anything more to share on the marriage side? That's the marriage side. I almost think as tough as it can sound from all the areas that we grew up in and legalistic churches and all that stuff, as tough as that is, there is the tougher side of what it means to be single and, and postured, which I don't know, do you find that easier or, or, or more difficult? For me as a single, for, as, for a single as a single man? For you as a single or, or in, in context with the conversations you've had with single women? Um, so I think for me personally, it's been a real joy to just submit to the Lord and then allow him to, you know, show me those broken areas and let him fix me. Mm. So, and, and once you see that happen over and over, it's like your faith increases because mm. you've seen what the Lord does in your life. And you're like, okay, I want more of you. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stress about the work that hasn't been done yet. I'm just gonna allow you to work on me and bring things to light. And I'll try to cooperate best I can with the sanctification process as you make me more like Jesus every day. And yeah. I just want and then as you become more like Jesus, you wanna serve Jesus more. So yeah. and it's it it takes time. It really does take time. So anyone who's listening, if you feel like this is so far away. How am I ever even to, you know, walk out this Christian life? I still feel like I'm at square one. Just be encouraged that the Lord promises to make us more and more like Jesus every single day. So good. So he is working in you. You just have to, this is why we talk about walking in the spirit and encountering the presence of the Lord. Cause then we can, when we're in touch with the spirit, we're in touch with what God is doing in our life today. Mm. And we cooperate with that and we walk it out with with our community of believers here. Yeah. So as a single as a single man, my goal is Lord, I want to serve you and I also want to cooperate with what you're doing inside of me mm -hmm. so I can then serve you and others better. Um and then you know talking to, you know, some single men and women, it's it takes us different degrees before we come to that understanding. Yeah. I do feel um I feel for women because they get so many mixed messages from the culture because the culture is saying, no, you you can be just like a man. Actually, if you feel like a man, you could become a man. Right, right. Um, and you can do everything that a man does. And that's that's really hard because if we really take a step back, we understand men and women are different. And the differences are not meant to make us less or greater than each other. Yeah. It's that's how God made us and God made us special. Yeah. And your specialness is and your uniqueness is part of God's glory displayed in your life. That's it. So God can flow through a woman very differently than he can flow through me as a man. Mm -hmm. And we have to sit there and recognize that. Um and then in the church you've had this and I think it starts as a uh, these abuses of men and women's roles, I think, sometimes come as a reaction to the culture. Yeah. Where you had these big feminist movements and and we have this like, okay, we need to have order and we need to have order now. Mm. And men, you need to lead. Men, you need to your you need to lead your family. And wife, you need to submit. You yeah. need to come under your husband. That's what's been taught, yeah. Without talking about mm -hmm. the love of Christ. Yeah. And, you know, like all of the, and, and moving in the Holy Spirit and allowing God to bring us into that order in a, in a way that that's it's there's, there's harmony and yes. there's beauty and there's love. You know, it says husbands love your wife. Yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't say husbands lead your wife. It says husbands love your wife. Yeah. And then wives like respect and honor your husbands. 
And you have those roles, the man leading and the wife following and being, you know, sent out just by following those two commands. Yeah. Like you're going to, the husband follows, uh, falls in love with his wife and lays down his life for her the way Jesus does for us. Yeah. And then the wife honors and respects her husband. Yeah. And she, you know, she empowers him. Well, that's the word right there. I think both sides should end feeling empowered. But you were having this sort of short revelation about the single woman, Jen, and what that might be like for her receiving this word. And what is it like if she's supposed to be, in essence, if Paul is saying the head of every man is Christ, the head of Christ is God, and the head of every woman is man. You know, what does that look like then for the the single woman? Does the single woman leave feeling like, well, who am I submitted to? And where am I getting my purpose? And where am I getting my revelation? Um, and you and I were talking off mic just about how Paul says it's better not to marry because, you know, if you marry, your heart is literally going to be divided. You're then like, do I focus on pleasing my wife or focus on pleasing God? And that is a delicate balance to walk out. Yeah. And that's the thing is if let's get back to like the basics and that's we were created for the Lord. Mm. So like even in marriage, like God is my top priority. Like I have this individual relationship with the Lord and I'm submitted individually yes. to the Lord. Yeah. It's not just through my spouse. That's I right. get saved through my spouse. So even in that aspect, I feel like it's a completely different kind of situation. Like I have this individual personal relationship with the Lord and and I receive from him and he speaks to me. And I, you know, I, through prayer and reading the Bible, like I'm in communion with him. And so I don't, I don't know. I don't even feel like the element of like not having a spouse matters. Matters at yeah. that point. Right. Yeah. That's I'm, true. I find my That's purpose so in God. I find my fulfillment in God. I feel loved by the Lord. I know I'm accepted by the Lord. He chose me. Um, and if he, if I feel like I want to be married, this is a hypothetical person because I'm already married. <laughs> but if I'm a single woman and I have a desire, or a single man and I have a desire to be married. I can trust that the Lord gave me those desires and he's going to bring alongside that person. But either way, first and foremost, I'm just seeking after the Lord and I'm following him and whatever he wants to do with my life. Like it's just an addition. Yeah. It's so true. When I, when I first met you, you were that passionate follower of Christ. That's actually what drew me to you. And you and I have been having these conversations and Pastor Zach's been talking about what it means to be unequally yoked. And if you are single, it's not just like, hey, I'm marrying a Christian. You need to make sure that that person is passionately pursuing Jesus like you are, because the yoke is literally a reference to that yoke that would hang on the oxen. And they got to pull together. They have to pull together. And so w- the reason that I feel that I was so drawn to you, obviously you're beautiful, but the reason I was so drawn to you is because I could see there's a woman I can spend all the rest of my life with because she is passionate about Jesus. I definitely want to speak to that because we actually ha- talked about this after church in the car ride home because growing up as a Christian, I did think, oh, you just find a guy who's a Christian. It's already hard to find a good guy. Um, So as long as he's a Christian, like, whoo, thumbs up. And then now um, being older and married and having kids and counseling people alongside you with them, pastoral marriage counseling, uh, we are finding a lot of the couples that are like on the brink of divorce or just having these dead marriages, they're both Christian. They might've even both grown up in the church. And yet there is that un, 
equal yokeness yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's not just like an unbeliever and a believer. Because if if I love the Lord and I'm married, I'm gonna have a hard time submitting to my spouse and letting him lead me if he just goes to church once a month, doesn't read the Bible, doesn't he goes to the bar instead of goes to prayer and like doesn't know anything about, you know, the Holy Spirit. Like I'm now married to this person. So I still like Pastor Zach said, you know, there's there's different scenarios and situations. Right, but like right. in the end, God's God's design was that man and, and woman would come together and man would follow after the Lord and his wife would follow after him. And it would be like all like, woo, yay, you know, peaches and stuff. But it makes it definitely more complicated. Yeah. So definitely find somebody who not only is a Christian, but loves the Lord and is passionately pursuing them. That's so them. important. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, so important. Um, as, as you were talking, I was thinking more about the concept of headship. And, you know, we can go back and think – Think back to, you know, we are part of the body of Christ. Yes. So think of a, a, <laughs> a physical body. Yes. And, you know, we all have different roles within that body. Then we talk about how the man is the head of the woman. So think of it as a body. Yeah. So women, if you if your husband is your head, you are the body underneath him supporting him. Mm-hmm. So and And both cannot function without the other. Yeah, that's it. They cannot function without the other. And so that's why I think when we take that concept of headship, but then also the idea of being equally yoked, walking side by side. Mm -hmm. So equal in essence as human before the Lord, yet the roles are different. And that's what makes it beautiful Beautiful. and special because women do things that men cannot do and men do things that women cannot do. And and it's meant to be that way, and it's so it's so so beautiful. Yeah, we ha- we don't struggle with this, not to be like physical, but we don't struggle with this in any other area of life, in science or in math. You have a part and a counterpart. In no other area of life do we struggle with this. We get it. It works in science. It makes sense. The mics that we're using, they have a male end and a female end, and if they don't come together, it's not going to work. Why are we so struggling? It's because of these, like you talk about these movements that come in like right. a whirlwind. Which and- all go back to the fall. That's it. That's exactly what right. What happened outside the garden. That's right. Genesis 3.16, Pastor Zach was talking about that. Now your desire is going to be for your husband, and now your husband's going to want to rule over you. What I do want to say to that, that I love, is that when we come into this new covenant, see, what I feel like God is bringing his children into, when we come into this new covenant, is we are restored back to that place. Even though physically we're not in the glorified state yet, what Christ has done for us in the new covenant has restored us back to that place spiritually where Adam was, so we can have that unity. That It's beautiful when we really tap into that. Um, but I, I, I do want to say, as we start winding this down and coming back to everything, you know, nobody other than God, when you read 1 Corinthians 11, nobody gets away without submission. If Christ modeled submission, why am I hung up on submission? He is my model for life and leadership. And if he says, Father, not my will, but yours, then I should be able to say, Father, not my will, but yours. And if you're bringing that will, nobody gets away without submission except God. And God has built something beautiful within that that only gets revealed, like you said, Jen, when we are willing to submit. Right, right. So as men, as we're yielding to the will of Christ, then we can then know how to lead. Basically, as Christ is dictating to us, we lead our wives. Yeah. 
That is such a powerful point. We tell a lot of our pre-married couples and married couples that we do counseling with, I don't profess to know how to lead this amazing woman. I don't profess to know how to lead our children. We find ourselves on our face before the Lord every single morning. How do I do this? How do you want me to love today? I'm supposed to have your love pouring out of me to lead this family. I don't. I know I do not have the capacity. I've got to lean into you. I've got to walk according to the Spirit, and I've got to trust you. It's awesome. Any final remarks, Jen? Nobody can see you. We're on this audio podcast thing, so. I just think it's awesome with what God is doing because I've never felt so excited about submitting <laughs> to my husband. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, God is moving. If that's not revival, like, wow, <laughs> Jesus is coming. Uh, I'm going to like edit that, record yeah. that, and save that. And play that back. that <laughs> Jen, you said this. <laughs> Do you want to follow through on this? <laughs> no, it's great. That's so beautiful. It's so awesome. So, so. so for, for, um, for couples who are struggling, families who are struggling, yeah. what is it? What's your advice to them and how can they work through this? Because oftentimes, you know, maybe it's just one spouse that's in church right now and mm-hmm. the other spouse is not. And it it can be it's challenging because you're the this spouse that's in church is receiving this message and is like, yes, this is what the Lord is stirring in my heart. But then they go home yeah. and it's so far from this order. And we're there and they want to see God's divine order laid out in their home. But it's really hard. What what's something that you would say to them? Did you want to speak to that first, Jen? I have to say this. We were talking off mic. I got to thinking about a lot of Paul's letters. He writes to husbands and wives, he writes to children, but he also writes to slaves. And he writes to masters. And if you can be a slave and a servant, and Paul is saying, hey, you're actually going to honor the Lord by the way you're serving your master, even if he's cruel to you, then we should be able to take that in every area of life. We should be able to have the fruit of the Spirit inside of us. If we are just one spouse in a family that's seeking after the Lord, what you want to do is, obviously, let me take a step back. First and foremost, don't lose hope. You have to, have to, have have hope. If you can't have faith to believe, you have to start with hope and say, okay, God can still work in this situation. It's not too far gone. And so I think if you start with hope, then you come to that place of prayer and say, Lord, this is what you desire. I heard it in church on Sunday. I don't know how to get there, especially if I'm the wife. I don't know how to get my family to this place and, and get my husband to lead or whatever the situation. And so I think that place of coming before the Lord and saying, okay, how do we do this? Well, what God often does is he takes it right back to me. Where am I at? What what can the Lord do through me that would actually spur on and encourage that unbeliever or that that um, weaker believer who may be struggling in that marriage? And, and Paul writes a lot about that and says like, hey, this is actually going to be an encouragement to them. It's going to bear witness to them. Um, so I think if, if the slave and the servant can do it, and if Jesus can do it while he's being brutally and cruelly whipped and beaten and marred, then we can say, okay, Lord, how do I have joy in this circumstance? How do you let your spirit flow through me so that my spouse sees the difference, so my children see the difference. Obviously, on those bigger scales where there's abuse, verbal, emotional, an unsafe situation, unsafe situation that that goes without mentioning. Right. You Again, have to get out. Yeah, we're yeah. we're talking upper level issues here. Like we're we're just nominal. We're just coasting. We're just apathy is in our house. But if you got something major, it's got to be dealt with. It things got to be safe. Yeah. I think also Pastor Zach mentioned um, just the church being like a safe yes. 
covering um, and the leadership. So I think just to like seek out counsel could mm-hmm. be because people are dealing with different you know situations that offer that need specific absolutely. Help. Absolutely. That's really good. Yeah. I think what maybe I was hitting on was that posture. And then what you're saying is there's a practical place. Like God has given the body of Christ for you to come and seek counsel. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Luke, any final remarks for singles? For singles? (laughs) No, go ahead with what you had. (laughs) No, I think, again, it's for for singles and and married individuals. It's Lord... I want your kingdom to come through me. Reveal to me your divine order. Mm. Help bring me into alignment with that. And we do that by studying the word and submitting to the word. Yes. Um, And then, you know, once we're, once we have our hearts aligned that way, those two principles of prayer and prophecy, which I thought was so powerful, everything that we say or do should be either prayer or prophecy. Good. Lord, I want your mind. So I will bring my requests to you. I will commune with you. And then as we receive the mind of Christ through his word, through the Holy Spirit, through our interactions, then we can declare that. And there's such a power in declaring. Mm. And if you if, if you don't know what to declare, if the Lord brings a scripture to your, it, 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 when you're in your reading, just declare that scripture over yourself, over your family. Yeah. You know, start with that. Because his words are his words. That's right. And they will not return void. And you speak them out over your family, you're going to see it. That's awesome. That's really good. Well, we've had a great time today. Um, I think, I, I want to say too, I think Pastor Zach did a phenomenal job presenting one of the most challenging passages in Scripture because of the culture we're in. In fact, we we touched this a lot in our Love Letters course in, in the School of the Spirit. I will be sending everybody back to to watch or to listen to Pastor Zach's message because it is so good. It's it's just right, right down the middle. I don't know how else to say it. It's just so perfectly aligned. It's like it's palatable. It makes sense. It settles. It's good. Yeah, and yeah. Our, our hearts will not be at home until they're at home in God's divine order. Mm. And if you don't believe that, just look at the world. Yeah. This is why you have all these questions about sexuality, transgenderism, homosexuality, wanting to live out your truth or your 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 desire for your life. That will never satisfy you. You need to f- allow God to take your heart and, yeah. br- and make it into his order. That's it. That's awesome. Well, it's been an amazing time today. Again, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. We definitely have to close out this episode in prayer. I want to trust the Lord to, <laughs> to help us in any area. So who feels like praying? Where, who's leading? God, how's God leading us today? Jen, is the Lord leading you? I believe he is. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> Father God, I just thank you um, for what you have begun. Mm. Um we truly believe um, that this message uh, was God-ordained, obviously, and I just thank you that you are continuing to work on all of our hearts in marriages, in um, individual lives of men and women, in singles, in families, Lord. You are reestablishing your order, and because of that, Lord, as long as we are staying submissive and just that posture of surrender to your Holy Spirit, I just thank you for the work that you've begun, that you will see it through to completion. And so I just pray that um, whoever is struggling or or confused or maybe is just having a hard time digesting this, I just pray that by your Holy Spirit that you would give them the grace and um, just the wisdom, Lord, to um, just hear from your Holy Spirit, Lord, and just that discernment to follow what your heart is on this matter, Lord. 
Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, folks, I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. That's The Breakdown. We'll catch you next week. Breakdown.